to the What Happened Yesterday podcast. I'm your host, Andy Hare, and thank you so much to the feedback that we received on Twitter uh, and a couple of other different platforms, especially the Anchor one, and the Anchor uh, voice message was um, going hot after the Mentor podcast that we put out in the last episode. And uh, Nick Klein actually messaged in and had a few great things to say. So I'm going to send it over to Mitch, uh, to, sorry, sorry, Mitch, uh, to Nick right now. And Nick can let us know what he was thinking. Andy Hare, what is up, legend? I just had a chance to listen to episode two and I have so many emotions right now. I'm humbled and I'm honored to have made it not only to the famous book, but also to this episode of the podcast. Dude, you are doing awesome things. I'm so excited for you to uh, be starting your your venture into the podcast. Uh, Most of all, I think I am jealous that you are uh, trying to fit 36 hours worth of of work into one 24-hour day. I'm not sure how many hours uh, the days are in Australia, but man, whatever it is, you, you get a lot done, so i got to take notes from you. Keep up the great work, dude. Talk to you soon. Andy, I'm sending you one more message just because I couldn't fit everything into one minute. So what I want to say now is that we should definitely rethink that initial conversation we had about connections and mentors and uh, building bridges from people uh, definitely across the, the country and across countries and uh, from from what we have going on here to what you're doing over in Australia. So let's uh, think about what we can do to continue the dialogue, continue to uh, impact students and teachers everywhere. All right. Stay awesome. Talk soon. Now, moving on with the flavor of this podcast. This one was titled My PE. And as I navigate my way through my little book um, and still on book one, I came across this lesson that I taught to grade fives um, many years ago and, and I planned it and the idea was to wonder whether the learners could also become the teachers in the same class. Um, the school that I was based in at that time, we had to think heavily with ICT and technology. Um, well, ICT is technology, but looking at that technology and how technology can make things easier for learners to access learning without the idea of needing a teacher in place. Um, I interviewed my one of my first principals back in the late 1990s, and I actually said to him, I said, what, what do you foresee the future is going to be? Um, in education and he said to me he said 20 years down the track he said teachers uh, won't exist as much and kids will be learning from devices a lot more well he sort of got one thing right is that we were destined to always learn more from our devices but teachers I think still play uh, 
well, I don't think I know that they play a massive, massive importance role in, in navigating that journey for learners so they can see the world for what it is and how it exists without actually having to be in those places and, and be present. Um, we can communicate with anyone. I mean, this show just proves it, that we can communicate with anyone we want around the world and make an impact in their lives without actually being there or meeting them. Um, and I know I'm very fortunate with a lot of people that I, I meet at conferences that um, I've had an impact on for a number of times and it's the first time we've ever met. And I love that. I love that, um, hearing those stories. It just makes makes me even more motivated to get back to the books. So um, so the same idea existed and I, I decided that I'd use this grade five class and design a program called My PE. And if I read from my book um, and I come down from the top, it says flipped class, so the flipped learning approach, a silent lesson. So students work from Google Slide and Google Forms. They discuss together but are not allowed to ask the teacher a question or me a question. They need to engage with each other or ask Google for help. Um, and the idea was to bring in an invasion sport because at that time we were doing invasion sports or territory sports and they, you know, the school was very heavily into basketball. So the next part talks about the connection to find a group of four mates click on one of the six links that are in Google um, slide to get a um, connection started. Choose a pre-selected Tabata warm-up. What's your heart rate at the end? Click on the timer so that you can start the workout. And then the lesson structure built was around the skill development. So two, two drills, small-sided games by two, and then a large group game. So what the students need to do is flow through that structure and they need to pick up the numbers to be able to quantify, uh, quantify and qualify to get to that next level. I don't think quantify is the right word there, but it was allowing them to get to that next level in order to progress. The resources in this program of my PE must be videos or gifts which uh, which we could put together and at the end of each lesson a reflection google form needs to be completed and we can repeat some lessons two or three times so what i chose then was i chose a basketball unit and i developed this program and i set about using the grade fives at that point um very experiential and where I was able to see the weakness in a few things, I was able to instantly change those slides around. And I'm going to tag that slide, if I still have it, um, into this podcast under the notes at the bottom there. Um, but what it really did, it really intrigued my mind that these children could come in instantly and be connected to the class. They used their devices and they used each other as navigational pools for the information. And they were able to do by watching and to, and to lead by learning, um, but also teach by doing. So what I mean there is that because we took the obvious person out of the room being the teacher, the students had to rely on each other for the answers. And the answers often became part of collaborative communication 
and discovering what the slide was asking of them and then resource all the equipment needed to be able to conduct that particular part of the lesson. And they couldn't get to the larger group game until they went through those three levels. So the skill development connection. So there was something that they needed to look at that they were able to either improve their strengths or work on their weakness and then build into the idea of doing that so it's on a personal level. So what do I need in order to go to that next level? So the small-sided games. Um, so there was a number of small-sided games presented that they could choose from and they needed to choose from two and it explained there what a small side was because to some people a small side might be 10 if they're playing in a football team of 22. Um, and then a larger game and looking at that larger game. So they then had to negotiate with other teams and other students around there to get the numbers um, ready to be able to put together a larger team. So this program went on for six weeks, I taught this, and it really showed me that with the right tools and the right set up, so a lot of pre-learning, a lot of priming, a lot of trust, a lot of knowledge, the social emotional learning that came with it, um, all of that stuff that you put in pre-program can then be exposed in the, um, the program itself. And you can see where there's a weakness and I never thought of it as a weakness for the student. I thought of it, it was a weakness that uh, in my teaching, in a hole in my teaching, that I hadn't valued enough on one thing or another if all of a sudden the children found a roadblock that they couldn't navigate around. And, you know, conflict resolution, they needed to um, develop their own strategies around that to be able to trust each other, that they were going to be able to have their say and it be recommended um, and taken on board, or if there was a conflict, how are they going to sort that out? So that's what I really found is that sometimes the priming uh, might go on for a number of weeks, and by all means, I don't remember this um, being hugely, hugely problematic, but at the same time, I know that there would have been a few issues within it that I needed to step in and tweak. And that's, hey, that's teaching. That's real teaching. Um, so it was a really exciting program. And, you know, I've done this a couple of times, but I do remember sharing this slide out a few times and then a couple of teachers around the world shared theirs back. So they did a version of their own. Um, you can run it right through any age group that you really feel and trust that um, they can work independently. But uh, don't estimate the, the power of priming right before because without that, the outcomes of the um, lessons themselves might not be as rich as you wanted. So have a go, look at the lesson notes and just see exactly what my PE was all about. I remember doing this as a podcast for um, Jared Robinson on Connected PE as well. So I spoke all about my PE and um, the, the importance of giving kids the independence in education. Thank you for joining us so much on What Happened Yesterday, and I'm going to see you tomorrow for a little bit more about yesterday.
The What Happened Yesterday podcast is proudly brought to you by AirSquares, a fun and easy-to-play game for all ages. It's a mix of Foursquare and volleyball. And the best part is you can take your fun with you wherever you go, to the beach, the backyard, the blacktop, even inside. Everything fits into an easy-to-carry bag weighing less than 13 pounds. That's 6 kilograms. Check it out at playairsquares.com. That's playairsquares.com. <laughs> 